The following KOPN podcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please consider a donation to listener-supported community radio, KOPN. You can donate securely on our website at kopn.org. Hi, welcome to Food Sleuth Radio, where we help you think beyond your plate. I'm Melinda Hemmelgarn, a registered dietitian and investigative nutritionist on a mission to connect the dots between food, health, and agriculture and find food truth. And today, I am honored to welcome my guest, Ms. Lisa McDowell. She is a fellow registered dietitian, the Director of Clinical Nutrition and Wellness at St. Joseph Mercy Health System in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and she's also the team dietitian for the Detroit Red Wings. She works with Olympic, collegiate, and other pro athletes. Ms. McDowell's work is truly unique in that at the hospital setting, she helps start a 25-acre organic farm to improve food served to patients and employees. With regard to sports nutrition, Rather than using supplements, Ms. McDowell applies the science behind sports nutrition and translates rigorous scientific research to food and meal planning for the team, and we'll be talking about some specific examples. Ms. McDowell has been widely recognized nationally for her work. She's been identified as a healthcare hero for her work to fight obesity and improve access to fresh food, and she's also been recognized as Michigan Dietitian of the Year. Most recently, Lisa has worked with the St. Joseph Mercy Health System's partnership with the Detroit Lions, Red Wings, Tigers, and Pistons to help brand healthy food choices at stadium venues. She's also working with athletes preparing for Olympic trials and the Brazil Games. And if that's not enough, she also recently ran the New York Marathon as part of Team USA Endurance Raising Money for Olympic athletes. Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, you're a remarkable dietitian. You you make all dietitians look good, but I think it's important to really focus on some of the work that you're doing to show how we can have a better fit society by changing not only infrastructure, but also individual meal plans. So why don't we just start out with a basic question, and that is, how did you get into the world of sports nutrition? I began working with athletes back in 1996. So we were headed to the Atlanta Olympic Games, and sports nutrition was really in its early formation, and athletes were seeking information. I worked in a clinical position in a hospital, but athletes would come into the hospital to visit with sick children, and then they would often ask me questions about fueling their own routines, and that turned into a consulting position and then into a job. And so it's so amazing how full circle working in a hospital is and connecting with athletes. Everybody wants to feel great. Everybody wants to heal and get well, and athletes want to perform at their best. And so I think a lot of times people are a little curious about the diversity of the roles that I play as an inpatient dietitian with a hospital-based farm, a dietitian for a pro sports team and Olympic athletes, in teaching students, medical students, and interns, dietetic interns. But what I find most interesting is not how they're different, but just how much they merge into one another. Um, And I can give you some really fun examples. So with the Detroit Red Wings, we have a very diverse cultural makeup of our team. And in the summertime, we host training camps for our players. And at the training camps, we can 
conduct cooking lessons. We find that a lot of these young athletes live with billet families and don't have a lot of skills in the kitchen. And so we use the opportunity when they're off the ice to take them into the kitchen and to teach them knife skills and basic recipes that aren't super fussy but are using ingredients that are dense in micronutrients that can help them with recovery and and having a lot of energy. So we know we feel alive when the food that we eat is alive. And so it was so much fun for me this past summer because our farm at the hospital had tremendous produce. So we grew beets and, and just wonderful produce that I was able to take up to our training camp to the cooking class. And so I have pictures of these beautiful beets, and we roasted the beets, and the players learned how to simply prepare Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and sweet potatoes, and so to get their nutrients, their vegetables. They're so eager to learn about what types of foods heal their body from sport. And uh, having that opportunity to connect the farm with our hockey players so that they could see the rainbow of produce was just spectacular for me. I remember hearing you speak in Michigan, and I was so impressed by the fact that you were truly fine-tuning these professional athletes and Olympic athletes strictly with food, not supplements. And when you think about athletes, I think at least the ones that I see in the gym, you know, they're typically taking one or more supplements, thinking that they're the magic trick. And yet, in a piece that you wrote on healthy nutrition for athletes, you said food is both medicine and a secret sports weapon. And I remember you were describing the power of beets. Tell me what it is about beets. What do they have in them that gives athletes and even just regular people an edge in terms of cardiovascular health? That's a great question. So specific to beets, we know that they are very high in nitrates. And so nitrates are converted to nitrites in the mouth by the good salivary bacteria. And then that is then converted in the stomach when mixed with stomach acid to nitric oxide, which helps relax the arteries so you get a peripheral dilation. So you get better delivery of blood to the large muscle groups. So to translate that into hockey, if we're in overtime, and we need to get to the puck first, we want to have the strongest thigh muscles to skate to that puck. And so we look for very specific foods that have been shown with evidence to provide a little bit of an edge. And so we've been doing this for several years, and now it's almost standard. When I attend my sports nutrition conferences, beet juice, beet boost, those type of supplements that you mix with water are very, very common. One of the products that I really like, it's not a supplement, it's actually the equivalent of 10 organic beets mixed with tart cherries. <laughs> and so when the players embrace the diet, they know that they're being protected, that it's food first. We definitely can't give supplements to make up for a poor diet. And so we take care of all those little details. And so the attention to detail is so important. So if 
after a game, we have a lot of muscle damage, and you look at using ginger or turmeric, curcumin, and then the, the beets for the nitric oxide, chlorella, spirulina, mushrooms, cherry juice, or soaking in an Epsom salt bath, just those little attention to details. And I can tell you firsthand with my experience with these athletes, because we take a look at their blood work, we know that they are depleting their micronutrients at a very fast pace. So right now for the Detroit Red Wings, we're halfway into our season, and it's it's a rough season, and it's a tight race to the playoffs. The Detroit Red Wings have made the playoffs for 24 consecutive years. Wow. And so that's awesome. So we're called Hockey Town, and, and we want to be great. And so just paying attention to these little details can be a difference maker. And so we know that we want our players to have the most amount of energy So they're not missing their training sessions. They're not missing their skating times on the ice, that they just keep rebuilding stronger and stronger. So we don't say that the athletes are overtraining. They're under-recovering if we start to see problems. And so we try to, to work with that with food. That is very interesting. You know, I remember we also had a discussion about organic produce. And it's wonderful that your hospital, your healthcare system is truly moving in a direction where they've used the land to produce organic produce. But you also mentioned that organic produce, which is grown in healthier soil, is more dense in those micronutrients that make a difference for optimal muscle function. So we should probably, though, step back and define what are micronutrients exactly and what are we seeing that's different in the organic produce versus the conventional or the produce that's grown more with a chemical method? Well, this is top of mind for me because of our mid-season labs that we just did. And I would say one of the most common nutrients that we see depletions with would be magnesium. Hmm. And in doing a lot of research on why this is, we see that the soil is just depleted of magnesium and it's much more difficult to get the same levels that we were able to get from the soil 40 years ago. And so looking at organic soil versus conventional soil and starting to see these micronutrient depletions, it does raise awareness for what are the best sources. And I find myself looking at different companies that provide sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, almonds, and I'm looking at how they're growing their products. So the field of nutrition and dietetics has grown so much for me because I'm understanding where the food is coming from. For example, we have a local farmer who is growing ginger, and it's this beautiful baby ginger, and also turmeric, which I learned takes 11 months to grow. And so if I know the source of where the food is coming from and we're able to direct the purchase of the food to these local farmers, we know we're getting a better product. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Now, you've got a couple of foods highlighted in terms of being beneficial to athletes specifically. And I think, like you, so many foods provide benefits that we can't go over all of them. But you mentioned that the beet juice is mixed with tart cherry juice. What is it about the tart cherries? Right. And so tart cherries, we we actually source to King Orchards in Traverse City, Michigan. They make a beautiful Montmorency tart cherry juice. It's just 30 milliliter shots of tart cherry juice. 
and they are very high in anthocyanins, so the deeply pigmented fruits and vegetables, giving us the phytochemicals that help with sport. So specific to tart cherries, we know two things. One, the anthocyanins are very similar to the pain relief you would find in a Motrin, and then also they are a natural source of melatonin and have been connected in research studies with improving the circadian cycle for better sleep. And not unique to hockey, but with most sports, athletes do rely on caffeine. They may be pumped up from the game and have difficulty falling asleep. A lot of times they'll be replaying the game in their heads while they lie in bed <laughs> and so have, have a tough time. And so we do use the tart cherry juice as a form of natural melatonin as well as the anthocyanins. Wow. Now, is the timing of the re- – I'm going to call this replacement therapy. Yep. Is the timing of this replacement therapy sensitive? For the cherry juice, it is not. For some of the other protein, carbohydrate, macronutrients, yes, recovery is. We we try to turn that switch off that we're in a catabolic mode, like within 10 minutes of getting off the ice. We want to tell our body you don't have to keep breaking down muscle in glycogen, that it's coming from an outside source. So that is very time-dependent. And so right when they get off the ice, we, we try to encourage them to start drinking a recovery shake. And again, we're serving like our version of a shamrock shake. It's got, you know, lots of greens. <laughs> right, because of the magnesium. And the nitric oxide and all the benefits from the, the green leafies with um, acid-base balance. And so just, you know, great, great nutrients. Yep. Well, this is wonderful. Listeners, if you're just joining us, you are tuned into Food Sleuth Radio, and we are joined by Lisa McDowell. She's a registered dietitian. She actually directs the Clinical Nutrition and Wellness at St. Joseph Mercy Health System in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and she's the team dietitian for the Detroit Red Wings, works with Olympic athletes, and most recently is working to change some of the foods available at stadiums to improve what everyone eats to feel fit. You don't have to be an athlete, a professional athlete, to really benefit from these foods. As you say, you know, we all want to perform our best and feel our best, and the best way to do it is with food rather than supplements. So I'm so glad you're describing all of these magical components of the foods that we eat. It's part of what makes our profession so exciting. I'm so privileged to work in a health system that is committed to this innovation to improve health and wellness in the community. So we're really looking to take healthcare out of the traditional hospital setting into the communities and look for opportunities where we can really make the biggest impact. So we started with a farmer's market in our hospital, and then we offered a CSA, and we're doing support for other markets like Eastern Market in Detroit, We're offering cooking classes to employees, opportunities to move. We just did um, a a candlelight hike out at our farm. It's 25 acres. And then our patients are allowed to do therapy. So we take patients with traumatic brain injuries, and we have an accessible hoop house. So they're benefiting from the green space of working in that environment. But what we're really looking to do is to get out into the community. And so our CEO is a visionary, and he's a sports guy, (laughs) and so he thought that it would be a really great opportunity to use our power as a hospital system to go in and put our logo by healthy choices in the stadiums so that fans attending the game 
can be informed, educated, what's a great choice. You may have fans who go to one game a year, and at the baseball game they want hot dogs and potato chips. And you may have season ticket holders who are there three or four times a week who really want to eat well. And so we're looking at kind of working alongside with these large stadiums for who are they sourcing their food contracts to, how can we get more local food to help the economy, and then to decrease the the miles that the food has traveled, and then really come up with great recipes. And I think our players are really proud of this effort. And so, for example, after the game is over, they often will eat cups of watermelon. Watermelon has L-citrulline and can really help with recovery. They also eat pineapple. Pineapple has bromelain, which can help break bruises down. <laughs> so we do these cups for the kids, and you know we sell uh, watermelon and pineapple to the fans and, and encourage them to eat like their favorite player. And so when players are the example, and they're sharing recipes, and, and we're allowing access to kind of like behind the scenes, this is how we fuel our team, and you can eat like this too. It's just a, a huge project with, with all, we have basketball, baseball, football, and hockey, and so I'm really proud that I've been able to be involved working with these food service companies to create recipes and to highlight what we're doing, and I think people are curious, and they may come in and, and give the veggie tacos a try. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, you know, when we talk to everyday athletes, or perhaps some of us are parents and we have children in sports, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges to anyone that wants to stay fit in today's society of so many processed foods? I would say the biggest challenge, Melinda, is what I refer to as the wolf in sheep's clothing, that so many parents are trying so hard to purchase the right foods and to do the right thing and without having extensive education (laughs) in how to read a label are getting products that are really not all that great. Maybe they have 15, 20 grams of added sugar, but they're trying to market themselves as a healthier product. And that's really a tough environment. I think when you go to the grocery store and you have 20 minutes to run in and out, it's really tough to make the best choice. So how do we educate the consumers? And so that's what we're trying to do, you know, at the stadiums. But I feel like that could carry over into the grocery store. And, and there's just so many products that I'm surprised at, at what they put in, <laughs> in the ingredient list. And, and you can understand why our children are overweight and why it's difficult for families to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they just don't have access. It seems like we have this big variety of choices at the supermarket, but then when you when it gets down to looking at the ingredient labels, you realize, wow, this is pretty narrow in terms of choices and healthful nutrients. So I think having children going to Eastern Market, this is your big farmer's market in Detroit, but going to farmer's markets and seeing how they can incorporate these foods to be healthy no matter what the sport is that you're playing, I think is so critical. I want to refer people to your excellent blog. Now, you do a wellness blog at the Red Wings site that I will make available to our listeners, and it's simply redwings.nhl.com. 
And you've got an assortment of nutrients that you've described. So if people are looking, for example, to learn more about vitamin D, let's talk about the challenge of getting vitamin D, for example, especially if we're living in northern latitudes. Yeah, it's so funny because our team was just in California and uh, caught on Instagram getting their vitamin D in the sunshine. So it's tough in Michigan. We uh, don't get a lot of sunshine. The number of days in the year is low, and so we know we really need sun to activate the hormone vitamin D, and getting it in the diet is, is tough. And so we do look at our players' levels, and we assess them. If they're deficient and they're doing everything they can with their diet, that definitely is one supplement that we do encourage. And it's because they're getting checked into the boards, and it, it's the fracture risk uh, for their bones, and, and just also their muscle fatigue. Um, vitamin D plays a role in so many processes in the body. So we do carefully look at them. Many of our players are from Sweden, and um, they, you know, researchers joke that all of Sweden is deficient in vitamin D. And so when you're looking at these very low levels, and the players are practicing hours and hours in a dark rink with no sunshine, it's, it's tough to keep up with that. Yeah, and I had no idea that vitamin D, I mean, I remember learning about how vitamin D is related to bone strength, of course, but I had no idea that it was also related to inflammation. Inflammation, just, you know, general fatigue, there, there's so many receptors in the body that are dependent upon vitamin D. And so as we continue to learn more, we're looking at what the sweet spot is for the level that that should be at. And so we know that we definitely don't want them to be deficient. So that's part of the recommendations when we create meal plans and we're working with the chefs that we want to make sure that they're getting the best food choices so that they don't have to rely so much on supplements. We want it to be food first. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And then also the really basic tips about sleep and hydration and how many athletes skip meals, especially kids, you know, getting up, maybe they want some more sleep. They get up, they skip breakfast. It's hard during the school day. I think I found that children are hungry a lot during the school day, and they don't really have access to nourishing foods. So, what kind of tips do you have for athletes about just the basics? Yeah, I really enjoy speaking with young groups. I'm working with Club Wolverine, which is training uh, the swimmers for the Brazil Olympics, and working with the younger athletes and families. And you see these parents who are spending all this money on special lessons and you know special skating lessons and trainings. And when you really do a deep dive into the situation, you'll see that maybe their child is not eating breakfast at all or is on their smartphone at night, you know, until midnight. And we know that that blue light causes problems with melatonin. And so looking at all those little details, but breaking them down into very simple bullet points, like one, never skip breakfast. Right. <laughs> uh, we know we need protein at every meal, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner when you're an athlete. So what does that look like? Translating that into a very simple choice that is not time-consuming, that mom, dad can purchase at the supermarket, and, and make it easy, easy meal plans. And same thing with lunch and dinner, making sure the kids know, hey, if mom's going to the trouble of washing raspberries, that you shouldn't trade those. <laughs> you should right. eat those. And, and, you know, same thing with dinner and, and having a little snack, eating to hunger cues, you know, making sure that when you're hungry that you you are addressing that. And 
getting off those phones at night or blocking the blue light. I hear there's an app coming to block the blue light on the smartphones, so that'll be great. But we know that if you're not sleeping, kids aren't growing because they grow when they sleep. And so a lot of times some of the younger male athletes are looking to gain lean body mass, and that's probably the most common question that I get as a sports dietitian. How can I gain lean body mass? And when you look at what they're doing, they're trying to keep up with homework, uh, their social life, <laughs> you know, being being on social media at night, and then they're training. Some of them are training two or even three times a day plus school and can't eat enough calories. You know, I have athletes who are at eight, 9,000 calories and still can't get enough. And so that's a perfect storm for not being successful. And that can be a real difference maker, especially in hockey, if you're going to go from high school to the juniors, you know, onto the NHL. Mm-hmm. paying attention to those details. The kids who are very serious about it, and they know, they you, you'll see them, they're walking around campus with their water bottles, and they're, they're a little obsessive about getting their nap or enough sleep. That's how we need to be to make it in professional sports. Well, Lisa, one of the foods that you identified in your blog that I think is so interesting and probably not so much aware of this is green tea or matcha. Tell me what's the magic about this product. Yeah, I'm a real big fan of matcha. It's actually the fermented tea leaves that are ground into a powder, and it has a very mild taste. Matcha really helps with kind of relaxing the jitters a little bit. It it, it works opposite of the caffeine. There's a component called L-theanine that helps with mental focus, and again, you're getting the antioxidants, the EGCG, which is just tremendous for recovery. And when we exercise to the extreme, when when we're doing hours of exhaustive exercise, we're making unpaired electrons and doing cellular damage. In order to help protect our body, we need to get rid of the unpaired electrons by pairing them with antioxidants. And so getting that from a green tea helps so much with recovery. You know, I think one of the important points to make here is that we hear so often about the expense of food. You know, if we want to buy organic food, isn't that great, but it's too expensive. But when you think about the expense of some of the supplements that athletes use, if we could only redirect that to some of the foods that you've highlighted, I think we'd all be better off. I think you're right. And I think one caution to parents especially, if you are going to use a supplement, you have to make sure that the supplement has the NSF certification for sport. There's too many unregulated products that have been linked with problems, and those problems are often not discovered until after somebody has been harmed. So I personally do not think kids need to be put on supplements Unless they're deficient, they have an iron deficiency anemia and it's prescribed by their doctor or they're working with a sports dietitian, that's one thing. But just to fuel performance, food first for sure because what you're getting from that food is going to be metabolized by the body so much better than a supplement. There's so many cheap products out there. And if you don't have the right form of vitamin E or beta carotene, you you may actually see problems. For every study that says something is good, there's a lot of studies that show that it's been connected with harm. And then in young children, especially promoting these supplements, I'm all for a well-rounded, healthy diet with lots of different colors of fruits and vegetables. You know, I would recommend parents go on um, the United States Olympic website. There's free fact sheets 
resources for athletes that show what an athlete's plate should look like for an easy day, a moderate day, and a hard day. They're free PDFs. They're wonderful. You know, sitting with a child and showing, you know, half of your plate needs to be fruits and veggies and has to be colorful and then a good protein source and a nice complex carbohydrate source. That's how you fuel sport, real food fueling real athletes. That is a great line to leave our listeners with, Lisa. Thank you so much for all of these great tips. We will provide our listeners with a link to your excellent blog. And in closing, I want to remind our listeners that Food Sleuth Radio is produced by Dan Hemmelgarn at KOPN Studios in beautiful downtown Columbia. I want to thank my guest, Lisa McDowell, fellow registered dietitian, director of clinical nutrition and wellness at St. Joseph Mercy Health System in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the team dietitian for the Detroit Red Wings, Olympic and collegiate athletes. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. Thank you so much, Melinda. It's been great to be on your show. 